Welcome to the Eat Right Nutrition Podcast, where we partner with experts in the health, wellness, and nutrition field to deliver you an excellent variety of content based on real science, real facts, and real food. I'm your host, Aron. And I'm Nicole. And today we're talking eating out and staying on track with Sama Gorbani. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 130 of the Eat Right Nutrition Podcast. Today, we have our good friend, our dear friend, Sama Gorbani on here talking about eating out and staying on track. If you have closely followed our Instagram, you know that this is a series that we do where I go out and I eat at different places and I try to stay on track as best I can. And I firmly believe that our friend Sama is an expert at eating out and staying on track. She does a phenomenal job. So we're going to have Sama tell us all about eating out and staying on track from her perspective as somebody who travels a decent amount. Sama, how's it going? I'm good. How are you guys? We are phenomenal. So you know that we do our eating out and staying on track series on Instagram. Yeah, I love those. Those are my favorite. Thank you very much. And we (laughs) think that you are quite the experienced person when it comes to eating out and staying on track because you do a lot of traveling and clearly following you on Instagram seems like you also do a lot of staying on track. And I see you posting your food and I see that you're still in phenomenal shape as always. If anything, I feel like you just keep getting in. I say this all the time. Better. keeps getting better and better and better. So yeah, as you're, as you're aging, that's probably like, you know, something it's in my gene, huh? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But um, <laughs> you're definitely doing something right. So I guess we wanted to talk to you about that. We wanted to talk to you a little bit about eating while traveling. Yeah, absolutely. I, actually, when you reached out to me to talk about this topic and having me on the show again, I was so pumped because this is uh, one of my favorite topics. Uh, And I get to talk about it all the time with my clients on Instagram, uh, because, you know, this is this is one of the topics that a lot of people get out of uh, the rail and they think like, oh, yeah, I fucked this up because I was traveling. Uh, Now I gained like five pounds. What should I do? So, yeah, let's let's do this. Okay, so the first thing that I think we we should really jump into is just traveling in general. I mean, it's not just that you travel. You've obviously lived in a variety of different places. So when we strictly talk about travel, vacation travel, business travel, travel for school vacation this week. So when you create a travel plan or do you create a travel plan when you're going place to place or when you're living in different place, like talk to us a little bit about what your mindset is just to get started on travel in general and how you create a plan to stay on track. Yeah, absolutely. So there's so many things uh, that I can talk about around this question, but I wanted to keep it, uh, you know, just like super general at this moment. And then we can dive into each of them um, in a bit. Uh, It's, you know, when you're planning for your travel, uh, it really depends what type of vacation um, you're going on. So it might be very different than if you're traveling to Italy uh, or if you're just traveling to DC for a business trip. Um, mm-hmm. So the first thing which is super important is making sure that uh, you have a game plan. And it also kind of depends on if you're uh, right now following a specific goal. You know, a lot of people are, or a lot of your listeners might be on a Uh, muscle gain phase, or they might be cutting or decreasing body fat, whatever goal they have, um, they need to make sure that they're game on and they wanted to make sure that they they already plan everything uh, as much as they can. You know, I understand that when you're traveling, there's so many circumstances involved and there might be some situations that things get out of your hand and especially if you're traveling with a group, uh, your your decisions, you know, the type of restaurants you're going to or what's your plan for the day might be impacted. Uh, I can totally understand that, but um, it's, it's always important to have a plan uh, in place and then you can basically modify it as you go. 
Yeah. So navigating the balance of what your plan is and then things like delayed flights or like you said, yeah. just everything that can happen when you travel in general. Exactly. So when you start, so whatever place that you're coming from, so you talk about different phases of training and eating and wherever you are for your goals, when you create your plan, even when you talk to your clients, how do you come up with that beforehand, set everything in place? And then as you navigate, what are some of the tools or strategies that you use when you do have to navigate or things fall off or create something different? I just want to add something in here. I think we should talk about the plan in terms of the real start of the plan is really creating what is your what is your goal? Yeah. What, what is your calorie goal? And roughly what are your macros going to look like? Because I think for some people listening to this if they're not starting there, yeah. then they may not know, okay, well how do I need to navigate outside? So Sama, can we talk a little bit about that first? Yeah, absolutely. So I think first thing first, it really depends on the person and how advanced or beginner they are. You know, a lot of people, they just started off their fitness journey or their nutrition journey, and they don't know much about, uh, they don't have that much information and they're not educated enough. So let's say if you have an advanced client and uh, they wanted to have a little bit fun on this upcoming vacation, uh, so we, you can plan a refeed for them. You can be like, you know, it's okay. You know, you've been dieting for a long time. We're doing this as a lifestyle. Um, we can implement some refeeds and you can benefit a lot more and you can be a little bit more flexible. But if you have a beginner client and they have no idea what is refeeds or they don't even know, like, you know, how to track calories or macros, they don't have much of understanding. Uh, so it might be a very different approach. But yeah, as you said, like it's, it comes down to their goal and um, the level uh, of their, you know, uh, education, uh, I think. And then the next step will be we can we can start like, you know, having that dialogue. Uh, OK, so what would be our approach for this trip? Um, and then we can make a plan based on their calories, macros, or if they're just wanted to track and journal their food uh, with pictures um, or if they're going to do a workout uh, session or no, they're just going to mainly focus on their movement and take this as a, as an advantage for recovery. Uh, so yeah, it's, it really depends. Like this is one of those questions that there are so many variables, um, that we need to tackle first. So you mentioned the beginner client. I think I want to, let's talk about what would be your approach in terms of eating out and staying on track for a beginner client. So I would start them off with just journaling their meals with pictures, uh, because I think that would be the best way that uh, to best way to learn how to balance their meals and stay on track, eat in moderation, have some indulgence like here and there, but also making sure that they're not going off the rail because the I think uh, the biggest challenges for beginner clients is that they don't know how to eat and they they just go off. Um, and, and, uh, then you, you'll have them coming back from that vacation and they gain like five pounds and you're like, oh my God. Okay. So we're starting from like, you know, <laughs> down zero. Uh, so then it's frustrating, uh, both for the coach and for the client, uh, because it's just like putting them back into the first place to some degree. I think one of the biggest pieces is understanding portion sizes and what yeah. your portion should look like, because I think if you've had enough practice doing it at home, then it's a lot easier for you to eye it out. I always say you want to be in a place where your precision is kind of give or take half an ounce, like for your protein sources. Um, and if you can get to that point, then you can absolutely eat out and stay on track. And then the other piece I would say is also just really learning how to look at and understand the food labels, because some of the stuff that we're eating is packaged. We can get a yogurt, we can get a protein shake, we can get a whole bunch of different options that have a label on them and we need to start looking at them because those labels are there for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when they start learning to measure and uh, understand like, you know, what's the proportion of a four ounces of chicken and then when they're eating out, uh, eating at a restaurant or if they're on vacation, then it's always way easier to 
eyeball the amount of food they're eating. Uh, and that's also very important just in general, uh, because if you wanted to stay within your calories, even though if you're not tracking, let's say if you're just the person who wanted to look good and you know, lifestyle, you're trying to manage your food intake and you're traveling, somebody like me. So I don't track all the time. Um, if I have a specific goal, yes, I do. But if I'm not, I'm just trying to uh, kind of do a, I always use this term, like estimation of the calories that I need per day. And then based on the food decision that I'm making for that day, I try to make sure I still stay within the range of the calories that uh, I need to eat. Yeah. And I think focusing on a protein anchored approach, which we talk about a lot, a lot of the times. So if protein is the first thing that you're picking for whatever your meal and even with your snacks, then you can build around some of the flexibility you guys are talking about with your carbs and your fats. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, uh, I mean, definitely aside from the protein, I always suggest to uh, optimize vegetable sources because fiber. If Yeah, if you're just making sure that you're getting enough vegetables, fiber and protein within your meal, there is a very minimum chance that you're going super over with your calories because you always feel satiated enough. And then the starches and, you know, the fat, if it's coming from the dressing or the the, the fat inside the uh, uh, meal, then it's much easier to kind of put them aside into your plate um, and still feel full, but not feeling that you're exploding. Yeah. I think alcohol is a big piece too, that I would add in to that, the whole story, because a lot of the times with clients going away, they're either drinking more than they normally drink when they're home, or maybe they aren't drinking as much, but then they're indulging in sugary desserts. And, you know, you mentioned going to Italy, like I'm not going to go to Italy and not have pasta. Yeah. Things like that. That's actually a very good example, Nicole, because, you know, um, there are a lot of people that, you know, we were in the beginning of uh, the show, we were talking about different types of vacations and trips. Yeah. So let's say if you're going to Italy or if you're going to France, it's way different. The the, the food panel you're eating, the, the food decision and the restaurants that you're going to might be very, very different. And if you're going to misery. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if you're going to Italy, definitely you wanted to have pasta, pizza, ice cream, right? Or if you're going to France, you love to have pastry every day, mm-hmm. but it comes down to understanding like how much calories you're com- consuming. I'm not going to say don't eat the pasta or don't eat the ice cream, but you need mm-hmm. to keep it in moderation. Uh, of course, if you're at home, maybe like you will have ice cream or pasta once or twice a month. I don't know, whatever. But if you're in Italy, you like to have it every day. But I'm saying don't just have it every day. You can have it as long as you keep the portion under control. If you want to have two bites or like three uh, spoons, yeah, that's fine. But if you wanted to have the whole plate of pasta or you want to have two scoops of ice cream, maybe plan it out like two times during the time period. Like if you're in Italy for a week, uh, I think that would be a good proportion as we always preach about flexible dieting and the 80-20 rule. So you wanted to maintain that 80% eating whole foods and making sure you're getting enough protein, fiber, whole grains. And then, okay, you wanted to have uh some treats here and there, uh, no matter what, if you're at home or if you're on vacation, you need to stay within those boundaries because those bounds, boundaries are going to give you safety uh, to stay on track and uh, stay the way uh, and the look that you like to maintain. The whole concept of staying on track. Well, when people ask us about it, I always say to them, well, if you've been doing it at home, there really is no difference when you travel. And to your point, you can implement the experience of the travel, the culture, the food, whatever it is that you want to kind of embrace while you're traveling. And that includes alcohol as well. But you also still have to understand that in order for that to be the case, to be on track, you do have to pay attention to it. And that's, you know, Daron for the Eat Right series on the you know, Instagram talks a lot about, you know, when he you were in the airport the other day with McDonald's yeah. and I don't know, what was the other thing? Chick-fil-A. Uh, Chick-fil-A, yeah. Right. Chick-fil-A. And so it, it's much, it's very easy a lot of the times, I think. I thought that was brilliantly done because it's easy to just default to the simple 
easiest thing to buy, maybe even the cheapest. I don't know, Daron, if you want to speak about pricing, because I think that's a big piece too, was the cuisine that you you got more expensive than the McDonald's. Like, how does that all fall into play too? I think uh, anything in Denver airport is expensive, more more expensive than your typical. Like, I think the McDonald's and Chick-fil-A, even there, are going to be more expensive than your typical. So, I mean, I think either way, if you're going to an airport, you should expect yeah. to spend a little bit more money. However, what I, the other thing that I'll say is if you value yourself and you value your body, then why not spend the money on what's going inside of your body? This is something that I, I feel very strongly about because, you know, I'll see women get their nails done and get their hair yeah. done and put their makeup on. And they spend so much money on these products that they're buying but then they'll put shit food inside of their bodies. And yes. I'm like, 100%. Right. Yep. And, at, and at the end of the day, the stuff on the outside appearance, first of all, the food that you put inside is going to affect you on the outside, right? You're going to look healthier. You're going to look more vibrant. You're going to have hydrated skin, right? You don't buy all these products. I mean, maybe they help. I don't know because I'm not in that realm, but you don't just buy these products and expect them to do it for you. So, from a pricing standpoint, Nicole, to what you said, I really think people should go the extra mile in terms of spending to consume good quality foods. And I think down the road, that's going to help them a lot more. 100%. And this is what I always talk about self-love. If you love yourself enough that you do care. Oh, yeah. See, you have your shirt on self-love. And then you will... uh go extra and beyond of, uh, you know, paying money for what you're buying at a restaurant, what you're, you know, purchasing uh, at a grocery store. Uh, So it's, you know, it's always comes down to self-love and you're doing everything, you know, from strength training to daily movement, um, putting what, you know, what we're trying to put inside our, our body they're all connected and we're doing them all not to just look good. Of course, we wanted to look jacked and good, but at the same time, because we wanted to have a better quality of life. Yeah. Look, feel good. Look good. Look good. Feel good. I think uh, Nicole had some questions here that she put on here. And uh, I think we want to, we want to ask you how you navigate certain situations and what your typical go-tos are. Yeah. So in terms of what scenario, like airport, I'm, we're gonna, yeah, we're going to list off a couple, right? So first thing we're going to do is airport eating. We just did that uh, eat right thing at the airport. So yeah. what are your typical go-tos? Because I know you travel a lot. Well, before we even get to that, I wanted to ask you about, you've been to, have you been to France? Yeah. Have I you been to, France. you've been to Italy? Yeah. And you're in Switzerland and you've been in the US? Yes. Eating, eating out in different countries. Is there a difference in size of portions that they're serving you? Uh, absolutely. So we, you know, we all know that American portions are the biggest, uh, but at the same time, I personally find it most of the time easier to find healthier options in the U.S. comparing to uh, Europe because they do eat a lot of processed meat. So if you wanted to go in in a in an airport and you wanted to get a sandwich, normally it's like a salami or whatever type of like deli meat sandwich um, in. Like in France, they do a lot, eat a lot of uh, white bread, white croissant. Uh, but in Switzerland, surprisingly, their basically baseline is everything is whole food. Uh, and, I'm sorry, whole grain. So you wanted to get a croissant, it's whole grain. You wanted to get a bread, it's whole grain. So it's it's very different. Or I find it in um, hotels, um, like for breakfast buffet uh, in Switzerland that everywhere they have cottage cheese so it's you know super easy for somebody who wanted to get enough protein and then you can just put on like a one or two hard-boiled egg uh so you're going to get enough protein out of that uh so it very you know depends on the uh, place um it it can vary a lot uh, and sometimes you might have difficulty but what i always suggest is I personally try to follow a flexible dieting approach with Mediterranean diets. And we all know that Mediterranean diet diets ranked number one, six years in a row. Again, in 2023, it ranked number one. So 
what 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 what's actually inside of a Mediterranean plate? It's whole grain, uh, legumes, uh, high quality fat like olive oil or fatty fish, um, lean protein sources like chicken, um, and tons of uh, vegetables and fruits. So if if this is your default, I bet you can find this type of diet anywhere on the planet. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's only in Mediterranean cuisine. Uh, you can make it at home and you can do it anywhere at any time. Uh, you just need to like make sure that you prioritize uh, the meal plate balance. As we always say, is try to keep half of your plate in terms of vegetables and non-starchy vegetables, a bowl size of your hand. Try to keep it as whole grains or fruit, uh, a thumb size of your hand for healthy fats and a palm of your hands in terms of lean protein sources. So if this is your motto and this is your portion and this is what you're trying to achieve, um, it's definitely doable, uh, but you can find it the easiest if you're trying to eat out uh, at a Mediterranean style. A lot of people see me that I always eat kebabs everywhere I go uh, because you're going to get tons of protein and you can just easily order a side salad, even if the meal doesn't come with a uh, salad portion. So it's, it's, the, that's, that's the way that you can always stay on track pretty much. Good stuff. I love that you mentioned the Mediterranean diet because from a research perspective, that has been a staple and it's been number one in terms of the quality of food that you're eating, right? Yeah. All right. So Sama, let's get back to the airport. So you're in the airport. You've got some <laughs> options. You've got some experience in this. What? Why are we laughing here? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm got... trying to think of like different airports uh, and I'm like, okay, so which one should I pick? <laughs> okay. So you've got experience in the airport. Um, lay it on me. Let me know what some typical options are that you'll find in an airport. But here's the thing. I always try to plan ahead. So let's say if I have a 6 a.m. Uh, flight that I need to catch and I need to be at the airport by three or four in the morning, uh, I normally try to think of like, okay, so what what's the time of the day that I'm traveling? And I make sure that if I can make a little plan ahead of the time, so let's say I go and buy a pack of almonds um, or I make sure I have a piece of fruit with me, so that's that's the number one I try to do it all the time. Um, and then maybe a protein bar uh, in terms of protein. But if I didn't plan ahead of the time and, or, you know, whatever, you know, you're always super busy before traveling, uh, running your errands. Um, and then you you get to the point that, OK, I'm in the airport. Shit, I didn't have breakfast. I'm going to, you know, get hungry in an hour and I need to get something. So the first thing first is instead of going straight into the first store as you see try to look around in in the airport that's number one you need to do your little research and see what are, are the best choices that you have so, so you know we always say um context really matter you know if you're eating one cookie i'm not going to judge you but if i look into your food panel <laughs> and that you're eating cookies every day so then we will have a different conversation. So it's the same thing when you are uh, eating in a in an airport or when you're traveling. You need to make sure that you're looking at your food in, in inside the context that you're eating. So if your only option is a McDonald's and Chick Fil A, so let's say the Ron, you were at the Denver and you didn't have that Mediterranean option that you went mm -hmm. and got that bowl, which was phenomenal. I think that would be the best choice that you can make. But if you if you didn't have that option, I in between you know McDonald's and Chick Fil A, I definitely go with Chick Fil A because you're gonna get at least you can get the chicken nugget, the grilled chicken nugget, and then you can order a salad. So that would be your meal. But if you can find a place that they will you know deliver you a Mediterranean style like kebabs or a bowl, uh, I think that's the safest one in terms of lunch and dinner. But if if you're at the airport and you're trying to um, just, you know, find a place to get something for breakfast or a snack. Um, my favorite in the U.S. is the Fairlife protein shakes. Uh, those are easy. You can find it, I think, at any airport. Um, and then you can grab a pack of nuts um, and a piece of fruit. If you're at a Starbucks, uh, my go-to is the egg bites. Um, 
And then uh, you can also grab a skier yogurt, the Icelandic ones or the Sigis. They normally have them there and a piece of fruit. So again, you know, you're trying to uh, keep it the same. It's the same mentality. You want to prioritize protein, fiber, good carbs and a good fat source. Uh, and that's going to be your snack or your breakfast. Boom. How about eating on the uh, on the road? Is there a difference there for uh, you? I think that's the same mentality. If I can, it, so the first thing first, I look up, you know, Mediterranean or whatever, Persian, Turkish, um, Greek type of restaurants uh, nearby. And if I can find any, that's definitely my number one. But if not, you know, sometimes, especially in the US, there is mainly like chain stores. Um, you can find McDonald's and these type of stuff. Um, so again, Chick-fil-A is my, my number one because you're going to get tons of uh, lean sources of protein and then you can get a salad on the side. Um, and then um, in Europe, uh, it might be, eh, it's it's weird because it's way more challenging for me here to stay healthy and on track uh, sometimes. Uh, but I try to stay at a store um, and then maybe just grab um a, a yogurt here they have quark uh, which is also a very good high quality protein source um, so that's that's typically my number one one thing I wanted to come back to is you talk about kind of navigating the context of the day of your food when you're traveling so I have some clients that are maybe not more not as an experienced traveler and maybe they have anxiety when they travel and they don't like to eat before they go to the airport or the busyness of the morning kind of throws them off their sleep cycles, waking up at 3 a.m. and traveling. So a lot of the times we talk about it in context, waiting until you land and then having food, maybe being OK with having nothing to eat before you go, but then planning the rest of your day around once you get there. So what are your thoughts around stuff like that? Yeah. So, I mean, first thing first, it's very important to try to stay within the uh, eating windows that you normally eat because that keeps you satiated enough and not to go crazy with the next meal. So let's say if you have an early morning flight to catch and you skip breakfast and then it's like 11 a.m., you're sitting in the plane or you just landed and you're like starving. And then, so the first thing first that you see, you're just going to go and get something to eat. So I think that really throws you off for the day for the most part. But also, as you said, it really depends on the person and context really matters. So if, you know, they have anxiety, I would say it's okay. Don't eat something super early in the morning. Uh, maybe just have a protein bar in your uh, bag just in case um, if you start feeling hungry or, you know, you're less anxious, that kind of help you not to, you know, whatever, you know, in, in the in the plane, normally they bring you in the US like cookies or crackers <laughs> and this kind of stuff. And if you're hungry, you're going to get one, of course, and yeah. you're going to get the next one <laughs> because the second one is sometimes complimentary. Too. Um, so that again, that really throws you off because it's in the morning and you're just getting that sugar uh, rash. So I think it's it's better to stay within your eating windows for the safest part. Mm -hmm. So for those of you guys listening to this, one of the things that Sama has touched up on here is your hunger cues and your hunger cues are generally dictated by your meal patterns. So if your meal patterns are all over the place, then your hunger cues are going to be all over the place. But if you eat on a consistent schedule, and this is why I try to really value and have that conversation with clients that it's better to eat on a consistent schedule because then your body's going to cue you to be hungry at the same time each and every day. And also from a health perspective, what we're finding in the research is that that's a direction that we're going into with all the science of like circadian eating and circadian clock, right? We work on a schedule, our body works on a schedule and prefers that way. So even from a, a, an aspect of health outcomes, you're going to be better off, like you said, Sama, sticking to that schedule from a health standpoint, but also from an adherence standpoint, like you're saying, so that you can, again, eat out and stay on track. Exactly. And on that topic, uh, again, related to Nicole's previous question, if you're looking at your food journal for the day, uh, 
let's say if you're in in Italy and then you had pizza for lunch and you normally don't eat that much at that time and you overdid your calories. So what I would normally suggest is that try to really pay attention, not only to your portions, but also to your satiety and your hunger uh, cues, because that also really helps you to stay within the lane of your calories for the day. So if you ate a little bit over, let's say 200 extra calories, then you can think of like, okay, I can plan my next meal a little bit later, or I can skip my regular snack, or I can lower the amount of carbs because I already had too much carbs and fat for from that pasta or the pizza. Um, so I can only focus on the protein and the vegetables because I, again, I didn't get enough vegetables for lunch. So that's, then you can also map out your day, um, in a better way to not only to still feel full uh, and satiated enough, but also at the same time, staying with the amount of calories that you should be predicting for your day. Yeah. I love that because I am a huge uh, supporter of your backup plan mentality because the first option we all agree is the, the best, right? You want to be prepared. You want to stick to your food. You want to eat in the windows that you normally eat. All of those things are always the first choice, the number one, right? We all agree on that. But we also have to be honest and know that especially a beginner that may feel a little stressed about traveling to begin with or trying to stay on track when they travel has to have flexibility and options and ways that they can navigate through that as they learn and as they become more educated and as they understand how their bodies and their hunger and their cues all are correlated to their vacation. And then the so that's plan B. And then plan C is, you know, when things fall off the rail. I mean, sometimes yeah. really things do get off track. You do have a night of drinking. There's a lot of partying. You give yourself too much leeway. Like you said, you have pizza, you go over your calories. I also don't want people panicking and feeling like then they're everything's to piss and then, then they fall off track and they come back 10 pounds heavier from vacation because of the guilt and shame that they put on themselves for not being able to do option A. So I think in general, being able to have the level of client, where they're at, where they're starting, what the goal is, and then always having options so that they're, you know, we want them to have some grace, but listen, if you if if any of you follow Sama and take a look at her page, or even Jerome for that matter, your travel options have been fantastic. There's no excuse that you can't do it. But if you fall off track, here's the way to get you back, is my point. I'm always the navigating the middle. Yeah. And to that point, Nicole, one of the things that I always say to clients is you're always only one meal away from getting back on track. Exactly. So yeah. that if you have that mentality, like, okay, it's not a big deal. I'm just one meal away. I just have to start. You don't start Monday. You right. start with the yeah. next meal. And exactly. if you start to develop that mentality over time, that's going to help you. Yeah. And I think one thing to, you know, one, one more point to add this is for clients, they're trying to change their lifestyle and their habits you're not going to change your entire, you know, way of thinking, your behaviors, your routines overnight or over one trip or over three months. It's going to take a long time to build those habits. So I always take it uh, into this that you can compare this trip to your previous trip and yes. see what you have changed, you know, maybe in this upcoming trip, you're thinking about like, oh, I need to optimize the protein intake. I need to make sure I bring, you know, scoop of protein powder with me for my snacks because I, I'm 100% sure I'm going to lack the protein intake. And then maybe six months later, you're going to a different side of the planet. And then now you're prioritizing fiber. And then you're thinking, okay, no, I need to like slow down with the alcohol consumption. So uh, and then it's super nice to see, you know, how much you're growing and evolving in this journey because you're changing not only your physique, but also all your behaviors and habits. Yes, I could what, not agree more. What is that? Uh, I forget which author it was. That, I think it was James Clear, Atomic Habits, who talked about getting 1% better every day. Yes. And yes. if you like picture yourself getting 1% better every single day, that compounds over time. Yeah. And if you get 1% worse every day, 
that's also going to compound. So it's really about making those decisions. And that 1% is something very, very small and minute that you're going to be changing. But you fast forward, you continue to do that. I think this is one of the biggest issues with people is that they're not looking at the, what am I going to, what's the outcome in five years? They want like the outcome in one month. Yeah. And yeah. the problem is that this is a lifestyle and what you want to achieve is going to be based on the lifestyle that you live over the long term, over years and years and years. And it's going to compound and you're going to continuously become a stronger, um, a stronger individual with better habits. Uh, and your physique is going to change and your health is going to change, but that's going to take a very long time. Like you said, Sama. Yeah. And that's why, like, we always mention like planning ahead of the time really helps you to get there because you're trying to build up the mentality. I just need to make sure that I'm sticking with my plan. Uh, and then as you go over time, you don't need much of preparation and planning because you because you're you're living it you're living that lifestyle and everything becomes very automatic you know you go to the airport and you know what exactly you you're going to do um and then that's why over the time it gets easier and easier because you put in the effort and all the work and the beginning of your journey and then now you're just cruising yeah the the, the practice aspect of that is what you're describing and then also i think it's it is really amazing to watch clients, just, just from a coaching standpoint, come back from a vacation and say, I did this really well compared to last time. I also think the headspace, which I talk about a lot in terms of if thinking about this stuff takes up so much headspace that you're stressing over it, that can be a detriment to your goals, right? So your point of practicing, planning, getting better at it, the 1% little by little, the earn your easy part that you're talking about is that if you live like that, that when you travel, it becomes such a natural part of who you are and what you do that the headspace that you are constantly thinking about that in the beginning when you're first starting out is easier. You don't overstress. You don't overthink. There's no guilt and shame. That's building a really quality relationship with food and your practice and being able to navigate through all of the things that we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. So Sama, you're out at a restaurant. Let's continue. <laughs> okay, restaurant. Okay. Um, so again, it really depends on the context, you know, like where you are, which situation, are you with a group or you're by yourself? Um, but again, um, there are a few things that you need to make sure to do it ahead of the time. First thing first, you need to start off with the menu. If you can do your little research ahead of the time before going into the restaurant, that really helps you because, you know, it happens to all of us. We go into the restaurant, we're starving, and then we look at everybody, we're like, oh, what are you ordering? What are you ordering? And then you're like, oh, you're getting this, you're getting that. Oh, I'm going to order the pizza too. So mm -hmm. that also affects your decision. But if you already made up what you're going to order ahead of the time, so you're all set. You're just sitting there and waiting for everybody else to make the decision. And then you put in the order. Um, so your feelings, uh, especially if you're super hungry, um, that doesn't affect your decision. So when you're looking at the menu, first thing first, you need to look for the protein. We highly suggest uh, try to attempt for the lean sources. So chicken breast, turkey breast, uh, or if you wanted to go with the fatty ones, salmon would be a good option. So those are probably going to be your primary choices in terms of protein. And then next, you wanted to look up for the vegetable sources. Are you getting enough vegetable within that meal you wanted to order? If not, that's totally okay. Go into the side section and then you can find out a few options that you can order on the side. Uh, or you can also order a salad. Um, as long as it's plain, you can also make sure to order um, the dressing on the side so you can really portion out the amount of dressing you wanted to put in on your salad. That really helps you to reduce some calories. And if you have the salad ahead of the time, that helps you to feel a little bit fuller. Uh, and that can also affect the amount of food you're going to eat um, at your main meal. Because again, if you're in the US, the portions are bigger. Um, and then you're, you know, chatting and, you know, socializing. And that happens to all of us that you're like, oh, my God, when did I finish this plate? Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then you start to unbuttoning your pants. Uh, yeah, because
because you know you're you you didn't you didn't even realize how much yes. you ate and that's what happens as at social events or at the restaurants but if you're by yourself it's a totally different conversation you might you might have way more control um anywhere from your decision from the menu when you're eating you pay attention to your um uh fullness cues so it's i i would say it's way easier uh to do it when you're by yourself or we're just with your maybe with your partner if they have they're aligned with your (laughs) (laughs) okay i just wanted to jump in right there in terms of being with your spouse or being alone in eating and then eating in a group. Because one of the things I find um, you mentioned when you sit down at the table and everybody's asking, what are you going to order? What are you going to order? I always talk to my clients about setting the tone of the table and ordering for yourself and not with what everybody else is ordering. Because I do find, and you guys can tell me what you think, there's a lot of pressure when you sit down with a group to not just order what the group is ordering, but not to be the one to order the healthier options, even in a group of healthy people. Like, let's be clear, because I find that a lot of clients are like, well, I don't want to be the odd man out asking like, what's on the menu? And can I get the dressing on the side? And I find that shocking still to this day as a coach, but it is pretty, you know, it's in a lot of my clients' minds in terms of what they're ordering and what people think about what they're ordering. So I think um, setting the tone for the table is the way I kind of describe it to my clients. Like, be confident, stick to your goals, be the person that sets the tone so that if there are appetizers and drinks and pizza and lots of desserts floating around, whether you are taking part in a few bites or whatever your boundaries are, you don't have to fall into that or feel bad about being the one that sets the tone to eat healthy. So what do you guys think about that? I'm going to say there's there's a, there's a lot to unpack here because part of it is, Nicole, the social circle stuff that we talk about and who you yep. surround yourself with and yep. what type of friends that you have. And then yep. also what type of boundaries you set with those friends that you have. Yep. Um, in, in my opinion, I think that there are some people in some some lives that you'll be better served without those people in your life. So that's first and foremost. But secondly, with your friends, the, one of the things that I say is your goals are very personal. They're your goals. They're not yeah. anybody else's goals. So nobody else is going to care about your goals. So it's up to you to be the one to say, okay, well, I have these goals and I want to achieve this and nobody else gives a shit about them except for me. But because they're important to me, I need to be that person that stays on track when I'm out. And one more thing that I like to add to this topic is I think for a lot of people, it's already challenging for themselves because imagine if you've been smoking and drinking and eating uh, whatever, like fast food all the time with your friends. And now all of a sudden you get to the point that you realize, no, I need to change my lifestyle. I wanted to quit smoking. I wanted to drink less. I wanted to make better food choices when I'm eating out. And then then not only it's difficult for your friends to understand, but also it's difficult for yourself because you're still tying to those habits and you still enjoy drinking and you still enjoy eating fast food. And now you're trying to keep saying, no, I need to keep my boundaries. I need to stay, you know, with my goals and laser focused. And then that's, I think that's the biggest battle for these type of people. Um, but if they can overcome that phase, which is the beginner phase, mm-hmm. then it's way, way easier because they build up the habits to say no, to say thank you, to say, uh, no, I wanted to make this food choice. Um, right. Over time, it, it only gets easier, but they just need to stick to it uh, and get through the first phase. The second phase is way easier. Yeah, I agree. I mean... Business, I have a lot of businessmen in my caseload that travel. And sometimes when you're out for business, alcohol is a big part. And saying no is kind of part of the deal. And so when you talk travel, I think of all of these aspects of traveling. It's not just about the food. It's really the mindset and the confidence to stand and build the lifestyle that you want, to your point, so that not just your family and friends – but everybody around you is an understanding that this is the way it's going to be moving forward. 
And I work with clients a lot when it comes to building relationships with their food, their family, their friends, and their coworkers, that this is the way we're moving forward and standing by that. You know, with the, with the alcohol piece, I'm yeah. going to say I take the 50 cent approach. <laughs> Which um, is what? <laughs> so so he's somebody that, Nicole, you and I read his book, right? I know. So good. He he doesn't, um, what is it? Hustle, hustle smarter, hustle harder, something like that. Something. Yeah. So he doesn't drink and no. he doesn't do drugs. And no. one of the things that he would do, and this is the approach that I take too, is he would just have something that looks like alcohol. Yeah, and carry and drink it that so and still have a good time. So yeah. it seems like he's drinking. So for yeah. example, he would order champagne for everybody. And then when yeah. the champagne bottle's empty, he would pass it to somebody and say, Hey, refill this with ginger ale for me. Yeah. Right. So in that case, or I'd say so probably smart. maybe diet ginger ale, but it looks like what everyone else is drinking. Yeah. Uh, and you kind of you're sneaky about it and you get to, you know, just stay on track avoid. and, 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 and avoid, the- to avoid that. Yeah, it's avoiding the having to have the dialogue or conversation of why aren't you drinking? Are you drinking? And I find this with food too. Well, come on, just have one more bite. It's not that big of a deal. Like that is a very real thing for people. And to your point, Sama, when you are in the midst of your practice at the beginning and you are really trying to solidify those boundaries, I do believe that is really difficult for people. And I think that, you know, they need the the strategies and tools and solutions to work around that as they're traveling and enjoying time with family and friends. And, you know, and even for the other side of the spectrum, if you have someone that has been really on track, you mentioned this at the beginning, Sama, and they're really good 90% of the time in life, and then they go on vacation, maybe the other person that does have the, you know, a glass of champagne and isn't overthinking that either. Yeah. So, Sama, the last one that I want to ask you, the last scenario is, what was it, Nicole? Hotels. Well, hotels, yeah, hotels I find interesting. I bring this up because, again, I hear it with clients. One is your sleep, which with you, I think, is a big question that I wanted to ask because, Mm -hmm. I mean, I love my bed and I I don't sleep well in hotels, me personally. And so I often wonder if your hunger changes when your sleep cycles change or jet lag. So hotels are a were wrapped up into one sleep. The second piece is room service. And um, what is it when they have the little fridge in the room? Yeah, the kitchen. At- the, no, the, the mini fridge. The mini bar. Fridge. Yeah, mini, mini fridge. Bar, mini fridge. have yeah. like M&Ms and peanuts. And, you know, I have a lot of clients that are like, oh, well, instead of taking snacks, I just hit the mini fridge, yeah. which costs a, a lot of money, just so you know. But on top of that, it's it's in the room with them. Yeah. In terms of trying to navigate through that. So your thoughts. So in terms of sleep, uh, personally, um, I can all, I can sleep even on a stone, on a rock. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I'm a very easy uh, and good sleeper. Uh, and in terms of being jet lag, what I find is super easy for uh, myself. And this is what I always recommend to my clients when they travel, try to make yourself tired. Try to get your steps. Um, you know, when we travel, mm-hmm. we probably sit a lot in the plane and not getting enough movement, uh, skipping a workout. But I'm saying, like, let's see what time is your um, um, traveling uh, so you can make sure that you're getting steps either before or after or get a quick workout, even though it's like 30 minutes, 40 minutes. That's OK. But make sure that you're doing enough movement for that day. Uh, and as soon as you get to the, you know, uh, point B, it makes it easier to sleep because your body is also tired. Um, and then um, in terms of food, uh, not only the mini bar, but also the breakfast buffet. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the main two points uh, when you go to the hotel. Um, I always suggest try to find a local grocery store and try to hit it um, maybe even once if you're staying at that hotel for three days. Just go there and get some stuff and put it in the fridge, get a yogurt, pieces of fruit, uh, a pack of nuts. Uh, and that way, not only you're saving money because, yeah, those mini bars are very expensive. It's normally it's like double the price of the regular price. Um, but also you can make a healthier uh, food choices. Uh, and if you're eating at the buffet, um, 
in the hotel for the breakfast, uh, again, try to take a look around and see what are the options. You can always find some oatmeal, whole wheat bread. Those are going to be your good starches. Uh, you can find a piece of fruit. Um, as for protein, if you can get the hard-boiled egg, though, that can be like your best protein source. But yeah, maybe secondary, there, there are some sausage, some scrambled egg. Those are going to be your second protein sources option. They're a little bit higher in terms of fat, but if you can find some salmon, there are some good hotels that they do serve salmon in the breakfast. That can be another good protein uh, source. Uh, there is definitely some sort of vegetables. They normally put some uh, tomatoes, cucumbers, bell peppers, chopped bell peppers. So you can also toss that into your plate and make a nice, again, balanced plate for yourself and fill it up. Go have a seat on the <laughs> table and eat the whole thing and don't redo it. What we find it very... Yes. Uh, yeah, you're like, okay, so round one, check. So yeah, let's go exactly. round two. <laughs> no, stop it right there. Again, pay attention to your satiety cues. If you're already full, stop it right there. Um, and also, and last but not least, um, try to look up and Google some local restaurants around you. Again, prioritize Mediterranean style. Um, and those are going to be your options for lunch and dinner. Love it. I think to add something that we didn't touch up on in all of this is what I, so one of the things that I like to do is add one or two tablespoons of either butter or oil to what I'm ordering out because they're cooking it differently than you're cooking it. And usually it's heavier on the oil. So just to be on the safe side, I say account for it. And if you're in a calorie deficit, even if you're overestimating and you're lower than you normally yeah. would be, that's a better place to be in than if you are underestimating and you're higher than you would normally be in. Yeah. Just from a mindset standpoint, you think you can have more, but if you overestimate, you're always kind of under the bar. Yeah, absolutely. Even like with chicken kebabs, if you're eating out and you're ordering kebabs, make sure to add two servings of fat to that. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. like- you, they put like so much butter and oil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You order a Good steak tip. out. It's always, it's almost always cooked with butter. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Sama, great stuff. I appreciate this conversation. I appreciate you coming on talking to us. I think this is a phenomenal episode. Probably one of my favorites. Um, I've, you know, watched you. I've watched your career. I've watched your growth. You're doing a phenomenal job. So keep it up. If anybody wants to reach out to Sama, Nutrifitopia on Instagram and uh check her out she does a lot of uh she does a lot of content not a lot of it in english so much anymore right i'm doing a lot more better yeah okay okay so uh check out sama's page um she's got a phenomenal coaching program she's in she's one of my favorite coaches and that's it sama thank you yeah thanks thank you girl. so much thank you for having me on the show again it was super fun absolutely and if you enjoyed this episode, click subscribe, give us five stars, write a review, share this with a friend, and you'll hear us next week.